0: Please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Dot Differently. This is Rabbi Joel Roth from the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York and the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. We are working today on tractate Ketubot, Daf Chet page fifty-eight, and we will begin today what will be a very long discussion on future pages of Moshekhet Kudubot, of the financial obligations of a husband to his wife and of a wife to her husband. We will today only touch the surface of what will be a very complicated discussion in the pages that come. The sages mandated that a husband must provide food for his wife. Later discussion will determine does that mean hamburger meat or does it mean standing rib roast? Does it mean the most elegant of fruits or does it mean the cheapest of fruits? Or does it mean something in between? They also mandated that the earnings from a woman's handiwork should become the possession of the husband. Later discussion will involve discussion of such details as is there a maximum amount of earnings that belong to the husband or is it any amount that the wife earns that should belong to the husband? And if it is the minimum amount, if there is some minimum amount, what if the wife's earnings don't equal that amount? All of those things will be discussed in future pages of Ketubot. And what we will look at today is the first sukya on Nunchet Amudeth following the Mishnah at near the top of the page. And it will begin the complex discussion of what are the financial uh, what are the financial rights of each of the parties regarding the financial obligations which they owe to their spouse or which their spouse owes to them. We begin. Amar Rahuna. Ravuna said, Amar Rav. He said it in the name of Rav. Amar Rahuna, Amar Rav. Ravuna said in the name of Rav. Yechola isha lomar a woman may say to her husband, Eini nizonet veini osa. Literally those words mean, I will not be fed and I will not do. Almost everybody understands those, that phrase to mean that the woman is saying to her husband, I absolve you from the responsibility to provide food for me, but I will not provide my income in any way to you, so that all of my earnings will belong to me, but you will not have to provide me with food. This, you understand, seems to... Uh, stipulate a right that the woman has vis-a-vis the mandate of the sages which I explained above. And so, the Gemara makes the following claim. Kasavar, he, that is to say, Rav, or Rav in Rab's name, held the position that, ki takinu rabanan mizone ikar. And what is being discussed now was that the provision that I spoke about a minute ago about the husband being obligated to provide food in exchange for which the wife's earnings go to the husband, that there was a primary motivation and a secondary consequence. And what the Gemara is now understanding Rav to imply is that the primary motivation of the legislation, the mandate of the sages which I have described, was to provide food for the woman. Their primary concern, their primary interest, was to make certain that the woman was properly taken care of in terms of food which was provided to her. And, as a secondary consequence, but not the primary motivation, they allocated the earnings of the woman to become the possession of the husband in order to avoid a va, that is to say, animosity. To avoid the husband's being able to say, I'm obligated to provide food for my wife. But she doesn't have to contribute to that in any way. And that would create some tension or animosity between them. So, as a consequence of their primary concern, namely, that the husband provide food for his wife, they allocated to him earnings from her work. Therefore, V'chi amra eni nizonek, When she says, I forego the food which you owe me, and in exchange for that, I will give you none of the earnings of my uh, labor, she is entitled to do that. Why is she entitled to do that? Because if we understand that the primary motivation behind the mandate of the sages uh, was to guarantee that the woman be provided with sufficient food, the woman should have the right to say, don't worry about that, I will take care of it. Since it was mandated for her benefit, she should have the right to say, I do not need that benefit. Well, if, in fact, she has the right to say, I don't need that benefit, and the legislation was mandated primarily for that benefit, then the secondary consequence of the legislation, namely that the husband should get the earnings of her labor, will also uh, f- fall away. And that is what Rav Huna said in the name of Raud, that a woman can say to her husband, in fact, I forgo this benefit which was mandated for me, and in exchange for forgoing it, I also will keep my earnings. Then we have a technical term that appears in the Gemara, and it says, metive. Meitive means an objection is being raised to the claim. And the objection here is being raised by quoting a baraita, which says, Tiknu mizonot tachat maaseyadeha. Tiknu mizonot tachat maaseyadeha. They mandated, the sages mandated, the provision of food in exchange for maaseyadeha, for her earnings going to the husband the Gemara understands, and probably correctly, that this baraita implies that the primary motivation for the legislation was for the husband to receive the earnings that the wife earns. And her getting misonot was the consequence, the secondary motivation uh, of, of that legislation. Well, if that's the case, the objection is that how do you let the woman override the provision of the legislation when the primary benefactor of the legislation was the husband? And so it must be the husband who overrides the legislation. It would have to be his right. To which the Gemara's response is, Ema, say, ma say Yadeha, Tahat Mizonot. Amend the reading of the Baraita. Don't read in the Baraita that the husband's getting her earnings was the primary motivation. Read the Baraita to read. They established, they mandated that her earnings go to her husband in lieu of, in payment for the Mizonot, which is the primary motivation. So the way this time the Gemara resolved the problem was to amend the Baraita so that it presented no complexity or no difficulty to the thesis which had been proposed. Further discussions on, on future pages will deal with other elements of the financial obligations of husband to wife and wife to husband. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is "Ufros" from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.